G'day everybody and welcome to another episode of this marketing thing. Super pumped for today's episode. If you're lacking a little bit of determination or belief in yourself at the moment, my next guest may help. He's a digital marketing agency owner who is the epitome of hard work and dedication. He's just launched into things, tried different things, and just taken that imperfect action to build that momentum. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'll see you guys on the other side. Have you ever stopped to wonder? earth do people like us that were raised to go get a job after school just to realize that being at the mercy of some big company isn't for us how do we market and build our own businesses so we get to choose our own destinies that's the question and this podcast is the answer join me as i discover learn and share the latest marketing secrets and strategies to help grow your online business my name's Kyle Macker, and welcome to this marketing thing. Thing, 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 thing. My next guest went from slaving in the hot sun as a trade assistant to digital marketing agency owner. His newest mission is to help 10 people achieve 10K per month through their marketing agency. And it's always nice to have another Aussie accent on the show. Welcome, Joseph Zolnay. G'day, how's it going? Good, mate. Good. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, no worries at all. I'm, I'm glad to speak with another Aussie um, and also didn't realize you're in Hong Kong, so it's even cooler. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, glad to be on here. Awesome, mate. Awesome. That should be a good chat. So, mate, what's your backstory? I did touch on it a little bit there in the intro, but tell us your backstory. Yeah, all right. No issues there. So I'm actually 20 now about to turn 21 in April. Pretty much I started my online business journey a couple of years ago when I was about 17, 18, dabbled in a few different ideas. I, like, as we all do, you see everything on Instagram and you think, oh, that sounds great. I'd love to start an online business. So at the time I had a girlfriend and we both decided, you know what, let's try drop shipping for a little bit and we'll, we'll figure it out together. And we'll both launch our own stores. So at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. And I would literally, like, if anyone knows what dropshipping is about, it's basically, you know, you buy a product from AliExpress. Um, you can buy it for really cheap, $2 or something, and then sell it for, like, 30 And you get really good margins. I actually had no idea what I was doing. But still, I was just like, you know what, let's give it a go. So I started my own store selling a... It was like a portable blender. And then also at the time, I was a tradie. So, well, not a tradie. For, for those who are tradies out there, I apologize using that term. I was in a, a trade assistant. So I was the bottom rank. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was, I was actually 17 at the time when I started doing like a bit of labor work. Yeah, so my brother got me into that, thanks to my brother. So I had a bit of like a bit more cash than – most 17-year-olds, because most 17-year-olds I knew were working at KFC. That's actually where my original, like, I started working at KFC as well. Um, then moved into trade assistant, and I thought, this is it. This is a great way to earn money. I thought that was a lot of money back then, earning, like, I don't know, like 20 bucks an hour as opposed to KFC, which was $12.50. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. So any money that I had, I just thought, you know what? We'll save a little bit and then we'll put it into drop shipping. So that's where my first couple of successes, you might call them, came from. Back end of 2018, I actually started 
doing fly-in, fly-out. So for those who aren't Australian here in Western Australia, that's where I'm from, the biggest industry is mining and that's where most of the economy, like the money flows through. Back in like 08 to 2012 or before 08, for that matter, um, there was a massive mining boom, but still it, it kind of goes on to this day. That's where the economy's money comes from um, in WA. Mm -hmm. So basically what happens is you jump on a plane, you fly three hours up north to the Pilbara region and you just kind of work on the mines. So for those who don't know, that's what fly in, fly out is. I'm sure there's a better description of that. But basically you're working hard labor every day, 12 hours a day. Yeah. get really good money it's like double your rate so at the time i was getting paid 40 dollars an hour which was pretty good for an 18 year old i thought that was really good yeah but also alongside that every day i'd come home from my 12 hour days and i'd work on the drop shipping store because i saw that a friend of mine while i was doing fly and fly out was making like 1k a day off of drop shipping so i was like okay fantastic like i really want to do drop shipping so i Got a couple of wins, few sales here and there, but I just really wasn't seeing that much success with it. So I tried and failed a couple of times. Then throughout going into 2019, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to quit this because I actually did like a trip to Mongolia of all things. Wow. And then I decided, you know what, I'll, I'll quit this dropshipping. I'm not seeing any success from it. So that's why I moved into a marketing agency. And then from there, you know, middle of 2019, I decided, all right, I'm going to go down the route of marketing agency. I did okay. dabble in it a little bit before that, kind of working as a media buyer. So for those who don't know what a media buyer is, that's just literally someone who works on Facebook ads and that can be for a marketing agency or just on your own with your own clients, aka like a, a freelancer. But in this day and age, like, Really, if you run ads for a client and then you also do outreach and, you know, you work with clients, okay, that's also known as running an agency. So there's a bit of a fine line between being a freelancer and a marketing agency, um, but I can get into that later. Okay. But anyway, I worked with a lot of real estate agents and then I kind of got, I like to call it scouted by a marketing agency I guess you would call it an online marketing agency in Australia. Like they said to me that they were the top marketing agency in Australia for real estate agents. Take that as you will. They were pretty good at it. They had a lot of following. They had like, I think at the time I was managing like 20, 30, 40 clients for real estate okay. and just running their ads. So I was being a media buyer for them. So basically I was working as like with my own marketing agency and then I got scouted, worked in a real estate marketing agency for about six months, um, got real sick of that because I just wasn't being paid enough in my eyes. Uh, maybe back then my skills weren't great. I don't want to talk down on the agency as such, but I just feel like I wasn't being paid enough. Yep. And then so from there I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a go again and run my own agency, but instead of just focusing on real estate, I'm gonna go for different niches. So here's where that running an agency and being a freelancer comes into play because for a long time, I just sat between like one and 3K. And in my eyes, if you, like you can call that a business, but you're not really earning more than like, like technically if you run a business, yeah, it can be your own business and you're earning between 
30 and 50K and you own that as such. But if it's just one of you, you're just basically a solopreneur. And I don't really, some people might claim that they own an agency at that point, but I personally don't feel like that because I've been through it as well. And like, it's all well and good claiming that you run an agency, but I feel like at that point you're still a freelancer because you're just one-on-one working with clients and you don't have a team. So uh, that's no disrespect to people who are at that stage. It's just like, I feel like it's a clarification for yourself. Yeah. Um, but then also after that point failed a little bit in terms of, you know, had to refund a few clients. So I went through it all. Like I literally took it from zero dollars. I quit the marketing agency and then just went straight in. I had to find a client, had no money coming in. So literally just went on Upwork, did a couple of cheap jobs between 500 and a K. And then I realized, you know what, let's charge a bit higher here. Let's charge at least 1500. And then from there, I, I quit real estate, went into e-commerce and then I was like, okay, this is where I am enjoying myself. And then that kind of compounded over time. And then recently I hit six figures and yeah, that's basically my story. Cool. That's great. That's a great story. And as I said, mate, I love that you just went in and you just gave it a go, just dove in, took imperfect action and just went for it. So that's, that's super cool. So yeah. No so how do you, how did you find your first clients for your marketing agency? Yeah. Okay. So a couple of different ways. Originally I did real estate. So I used cold calls. I remember just sitting at home doing that and being like, this is the scariest thing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a few people like I'd probably ring. I was, I'm not going to claim anything because I was not very good at it at all. I've heard of people, you know, they can do it very quickly, 50 calls in like 30 minutes. I was horrible. I'd do about 10 and be like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. And probably in the space of two hours, I'd do like 25 or something. And yeah, I was just like not very good at it. And I had a few people tell me to F off and I was like, oh God, this is the worst. The way I found real success is on Upwork when I was originally starting. I would send between five and 15 proposals per day. Um, you do have to buy connects on Upwork, but I felt like it was, was kind of like Facebook ads at the time. It was like if you put in $50, you might get a K back. So yeah, okay. like just depending. So it was pretty good at the time. Upwork, I definitely recommend to anyone trying to get started in their agency, and that's personally what – I teach my students as well when they're running an agency in their, like as a beginner. And then later on down the line, I started utilizing email and like way more because that, like, that's where e-commerce store owners congregate and then Facebook. So e-commerce and Facebook is now where I use most of my clients. I find most of my clients. Yeah. Okay. So now who are generally your clients? So you said it's more e-commerce brands? Yeah, yeah. So I do work with a couple of info products, but e-commerce right now is where I've got most of my clients. That's just because of how it goes in terms of outreach and stuff. I do want to work with info products, but I haven't got to that yet. (laughs) Okay. So do you find that there's more e-commerce brands that at the moment are using Facebook ads and require the use of a marketing agency? Yeah, I would say like there's massive demand for it. Like there's millions of e-commerce businesses out there. That's not to say though that there's a criteria that I use in order to fit. So like 
when I'm outreaching to e-commerce clients, they do have to fit a certain criteria. And also with in terms of like the demand for marketing agencies, yes, it is quite a substantial demand for it because um, they have so many things to go, to go over, like basically like logistics, branding, vision, like there's so much that goes into running an, a proper e-commerce brand, not just your typical dropshipping store. Yeah, absolutely. And I think last year, 2020 was the year where people changed their behavior in that and brought it forward 10 years in that people now feel a lot more people now feel more comfortable in ordering physical products online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I definitely re- reckon like last year was a bit of a shift. Some people might call it the global reset as well. But yeah, I was even running a dropshipping store last year, I think, like early last year. And I was like, it was going great. And then COVID happened and then they just stopped shipping my products. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't want to do this anymore. Because I ended up just like, I'll be totally transparent with you. Like I ended up having to refund like half of the purchases because they just never shipped out. Wow. And was yeah. that because that shipping lines were just completely stopped because they stopped making products in factories in China? Is that the reason behind that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was it. I was like emailing my uh, supplier at the time. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're not shipping. Because for those who don't know, in drop shipping, like you have this app called a Burlo and then you have Shopify as well and then like PayPal on the side as your payment provider. So like, um, in a Burlo and Shopify, it will tell you if the product is shipped. And then, like, your money can also get frozen in PayPal. And there's just so many things that went into it and that were going wrong. And I was emailing my supplier, like, what's going on? You haven't shipped out the product yet. And there, were, there was a lot of things going on there. Um, I'm sure you would have heard about that as well, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I Last week, I actually had a drop shipper on the show and he sort of explained oh, yeah. that he was actually pretty worried in December because he did 500000 for that month and he had to pay suppliers, he had ad costs and Shopify locked up that half a million dollars and he was completely like, whoa, whoa, how am I going to pay it? Like these people, if they don't start to pay me, I'm going to be in trouble here. So yeah, absolutely. And he spoke about the same thing, those factories in China being completely locked down because they went into lockdown. So yeah, no, it sounded like it was difficult and a lot of opportunity at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would agree with that because yeah, that's the problem I I found with dropshipping. I think that was one of your questions was that one of your questions you were going to ask i was going to ask why why not drop shipping and selling physical products but i think you've answered that because it sounds like it's very it can be very good but at the same time there is a lot of things that go with it yeah yeah exactly like that's personally my take on it maybe later down the line i will build an e-commerce brand but at this stage Um, I'm quite enjoying working with brands that are already doing very well and they've got unique selling points and they've got a good way to go about it, such as like sustainability and thinking about the future rather than just making money. Absolutely. 
So, mate, I just want to sort of differ from the conversation we're currently on, but what are your thoughts on the Facebook versus Apple battle? The iOS 14 update, how do you think it's going to affect Facebook advertisers? Yeah, no worries. All right, so currently it's already affected me a lot um, in terms of my agency. I know that I'm in quite a few different marketing agency groups and a lot of people are posting about it. It really hit in stone probably like last week of January, first week of Feb, because um, at the start of January there was like still tracking. You could still see a lot of purchases coming through, but just midway through January it was very hard to tell where the purchases were coming from and where, you know, like if the customer was like we were using Shopify with our clients and then also looking at the Facebook ads and we were trying to match up, oh, is this like this person coming from here? I know there's a few different softwares out there that can benefit it. But um, in terms of like what Facebook has done, they made this like they kind of teamed up with Shopify and they made this app or, or whatever you want to call it called um, CAPI, like C-A-P-I, Conversions API. Okay. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't actually. Okay, so like you can use that to, it's like a substitution for the pixel, the Facebook pixel. So um, you set that up with Shopify. I'm just going to go up Shopify because that's what most of my clients use at this point in time. Yep. And you kind of install the two together and it allows you to, track certain things so it allows you to track up to four events for example purchases ads to car initiate checkout and like ads of payment info but in terms of my knowledge on ios as with many agency owners it's always growing like i don't know everything about the update but i just know there's some things you can use to prevent it um such as you know installing that kpi there's softwares out there such as Hi-Rose by um, Alex Becker yep. that really help it. We had a call recently with like one of my team members had a call with Hi-Rose and they just said, yeah, like our software trumps the update and it just avoids the whole Apple battle. So wow. that's something for that's any of your listeners okay. um, to go and check out. I have heard of Hi-Rose. So, yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's pretty interesting software. They got a pretty good program going as well. So yeah, it's even with the tracking before the iOS fourteen update, it was definitely a lot better than Facebook's tracking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would agree. And like, I'd love to try it in the near future with some of my clients too. So yeah, that's personally my take on the iOS situation. There's a few ways to kind of future proof yourself i guess okay so you can use google analytics and do like utm tracking i'll probably put out a video soon on that maybe on youtube or something but i personally know that that's a good way to track and then also just matching your shopify revenue with the amount of purchases so i guess you could go back in time say to last year and match your shopify let's say you're doing 30k revenue a month and then 25k of that's coming from facebook you just add the two up and go, okay, well, Facebook is like 90% of our revenue. So now we can just look at the the numbers inside your Facebook ad manager and go, okay, well, this matches up to the revenue we're doing now. Okay. It's pretty primitive though, right? 
Uh, what do you mean by that? Oh, just like, I mean, it's not definitive. You're not getting those real figures that we once had, right? Yeah, yeah I would agree. It's Yeah, it's, it's definitely something quite annoying from an advertiser's point of view because it was really good. Like Facebook was insane, the amount of things you could track. You could literally track yeah. if someone, you could target someone who was in a car crash. You know, like yeah, that's pretty I mean, weird when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So is the Facebook pixel, is it dead? Is it going to be a thing of the past? Um, I'm just going to say my take on it. Like I personally think it's something that can still last maybe for another year or two years, but maybe down the line it might be something that's going to dry out. Is that the kind of phrase that you would use? Yeah, because like – I think with especially with a lot of the laws that have been passed with Zucks himself, Mark Zuckerberg, I think he's come under fire for a lot of the things he used to like, especially the Facebook pixel. It's great, but it also can be quite annoying when you go and look at a site and then you go back and you see a ton of ads, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So this is a bit of a vague question, but what do you think's key to a Facebook ad campaign that that truly crushes it? All right. Great question. I I really like that question. Um, All right. So ad copy by far the biggest thing. Now let's not try like put down the other aspects of like budget and um, audiences, but ad copy is particularly important because you could have the best audience, but be showing them the, the most scammiest ad ever and they're just going to go straight through. Like they're not going to bother. You want really good ad copy that just like, so the headline and by the headline, I would mean like the first sentence of your ad, because when someone sees your ad, they're like, Oh, what's that? Or if it's like, depends where you're placing it as well. So let's say you're on Facebook, a few different places that you can see ads. Let's say, imagine never having to worry about white teeth again. Like okay. just for example, that would probably cap your, capture your attention. And if you were to see that in multiple different places on Facebook, you'd probably be quite inclined to look at it. The places yeah. that most like that ad copy is so important is obviously Facebook, but also I like Facebook feed. But then also on the sidebars is where a lot of good headlines work well. So that's okay. where ad copy comes into play. Yeah. Um, but second to ad copy is ad creative. So there can be differing, like differing opinions on ad creatives because some some people might say you want a real sleek ad and then some people might say it depends on the market. I know for a fact that in like beauty and cosmetics, because I've got a few clients in there, yeah. that ads that don't look like ads always work pretty well, like okay. user-generated content. Yes. They work pretty well, yes. but then also sleek ad creatives also work pretty well. So it's just kind of all about testing, I guess, but yep. it is very important to have really great ad copy and really great ad creatives as opposed to having a banger audience and terrible ad copy and creative. Yeah, great answer. It's music yeah. to my ears because I, I love copywriting and uh, I believe good copy is imperative and a great headline i mean i think people 
overlook how important a good headline is because David Ogilvy said it himself that once someone's read your headline, you've spent 80 cents of your your every ad dollar. So super important to get the headline right. And it comes back to knowing your target audience. And I know my, my audience is going to get sick of me saying this, but it really comes back to knowing who you're targeting and, and getting specific on that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. It's funny that you mentioned David Ogilvy. He's um, definitely someone I've been reading about, uh, listening to, reading some good articles online as well. Also my team member, someone who worked for Ogilvy, he's been watching too, um, Rory Sutherland or something. He was one of like David Ogilvy's really good marketers. Um, And he definitely just pinpoints like, like I personally am nowhere near obviously their kind of level, but it's interesting to hear kind of how they take it, especially in a, in a world back then where you had no Facebook ads and it's basically like hacking the system now. They just have to sell through newspapers. So, Yeah. Look, yeah. everyone in the audience that is listening to this, definitely go out and check out Rory Sutherland. He is unbelievable. I watched a YouTube video with him presenting to a bunch of advertisers or big companies the other night, and he is absolutely amazing. I would agree as well. What's the most important metrics to watch when you're doing a Facebook ad campaign? Yeah, okay, great question. Can be very broad. Yep. In my eyes, CTR is probably one of the most important yep. um, when it comes to, let's just say, all right, you're, sending, uh, you're doing conversions, purchases for e-commerce. Um, let's just say for that because that's like a general kind of um, niche. E-commerce can mean a range of different niches as well so like you know beauty cosmetics supplements whatever let's just say you're running in a campaign for purchases so before you get purchases it's very important to look at your ctr but also your cpm and then your unique click-through rate so ctr meaning click-through rate and then unique click-through rate so definitely like before you get your purchases keep in mind these metrics so CPM, for those who are unaware of what that is, that's just like basically to understand whether your audience is hitting. So general rule of thumb is between 5 and $15. Some of my CPMs for my clients hit around like $6, so that's pretty good. Click-through yep. rate is like you want it between, I think, like I just go off this, it's like 2 to 5% is like okay, but you you want a lot higher than that. But 2 to 5% is something you can base it off. Um, and then same for a unique click-through rate. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, geez, if you're getting a 5% CTR, that is absolutely amazing. I don't think you'd probably see... Five percent. I've never seen five percent in any ads that I've ever seen run. I mean, you might have in ecom, but in usually in coaching and consulting, if you're seeing sort of anything over sort of around three or four percent, you're you're absolutely killing it. Have you seen any ads or CTRs that are up around five percent? Uh yeah. Just recently, for one of my clients, um, wow. in the beauty cosmetics. Wow, that's that's amazing. And, and 
Another thing with CTR, if your CTR is really high, your CPC goes down. So that is yep, super, exactly. super good to have. And that all comes back to having good copy, good creative and good good targeting, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just following on from that then for those listening who are running ads now and are aware of it, once you start getting purchases, you obviously want to be looking at your cost per purchase and your ROAS, so return on ad spend. Yeah, okay. Yep, absolutely, yeah. for sure. And do you want to just explain to the audience what CTR means, the click-through rate for them? Yeah, sure. Okay, so basically CTR is just kind of the percentage of people clicking through your ad. So unique click-through rate Sometimes I get completely confused. For those listening, don't worry if you get confused too. Click-through rate is basically, from my knowledge, is um, if people are like clicking on your ad and they're going through to the page that you're advertising for. Okay, yep. So, is that what you would define it as? Yeah, I think what it is, it's clicks divided by impressions, isn't it? So yeah, if you get yeah, exactly. one click and 10 impressions then you've got a click-through rate there of, of 10%, which is probably unrealistic, but that, that's, yeah. the, that's the yeah. think, definition. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what's the key to good creative, do you think? I know this is a very broad question. Key to creative, keep it sleek. Don't make it look too spammy. Um, the only problem with this question is that it can depend on the market, right? So. Yeah. Let's say you're doing private labeling and you're selling a product that other people have as well. So let's just say, for example, you're selling a wallet and you're trying to make your wallet and it's like one of those wallets where it like hides the cards quickly or something and you have made it and you've just called it like um, Shakita or something as opposed to Lacoste who sell their wallet and you got to make your ad look way better you got to say the all the features in the ad like it can be two different fields but essentially like what makes an ad creative really good is just like i actually find most of my results come from single images which a lot of listeners who do marketing might think what the hell how are you getting so many purchases coming from single images but that's where i see most of the conversions coming through and video actually gets less because people I, I don't really know why but the metrics are showing it so we just double down on kind of what's working and i'm just going to speak on behalf of single images which seems to convert way more um keeping it sleek but also using a lot of user-generated content like showing real people with your products is okay. really important that's really interesting that your metrics are saying that images are working better. And that, and as you said previously, it all just comes down to testing and listening to the numbers, doesn't it? Yes, exactly, mate. That That's like the entire business really, isn't it? It's just looking at what works. Like let's say, for example, your CPM is $27. It's like, okay, there's something wrong with your audience. Like you need to be targeting better people. Your click-through rate's below say 1%, it's like, okay, your ads just aren't resonating enough. That's where you can draw it from. ROAS is too too low. Oh, okay, you're not getting enough conversions for one, but also 
you might be targeting the wrong kinds of people and it's taking way too long yeah. to get the right kind of ROAS. Yeah, absolutely. It's just all about tweaking those numbers, hey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. So, mate, Instagram advertising, what do you think is important when it comes to advertising on Instagram? Okay, so I get this question a lot, like, from business owners who say, like, oh, like, for example, they might be like, oh, so Facebook ads and is Instagram ads included? And I'm like, well, it is in, the, in like, Facebook owns Instagram. Um, but not to dwell on that, like, I think Instagram is definitely really good. That's where I see a lot of, for particularly in the beauty niche, because I have a few clients in that niche, I do see a lot of purchases and conversions come from stories because me personally, I love looking at story ads. I see them all the time and I think it's a great way to showcase creative. So it could be single images or it could be videos for that matter. And I personally think Instagram is really good, but that's not saying like, it depends on the niche really because like beauty, yeah. health, anything to do with that really goes well on, on uh, Instagram because that's kind of Instagram's more lifestyle, Facebook's more like information. Yep, yep. No, that, yeah. I, I think that's a great answer. It all comes back to knowing your who. Where is your yep. dream customer hanging out online? And you're right. Most beauty and health niches or sub-markets are on Instagram. So totally agree, mate. Good answer. Yeah, thanks, mate. I definitely agree with that. Like knowing where, and that goes for anyone who's running an agency as well, because I do coaching for that matter too. And like when it comes to reaching out to clients in real estate, like I know for a for a fact they're not really answering their emails. They're constantly on their phone. So going where they congregate. Absolutely, so true. Now, yeah. some people use boost posts on Instagram. Personally, I think they're th like throwing money down the drain. What are your thoughts on boost posts for Instagram? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself too much here. Yeah. Again, go off the numbers from okay. what you're seeing, but I've seen with some clients they have done this and the results have been like really, really good. Like wow. the okay. click-through rate, because it does show up when you boost a post. It does show up in your business manager. Yes. And I've seen like click-through rates of like, four percent or something like i've seen wow. really high yeah wow. click-through rates and like they're just not even running ads to them and then i've seen six percent and yeah like really high wow. but they're massive numbers for click-through yeah. rates they're, that's unbelievable yeah wow. but okay. that just goes down to like having a good following as well so like i wouldn't say that would happen with a lot of brands that are like under 5k followers like they have to still be a great brand. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, mate, you referred to your program. Tell us how it works. How do you get involved for you becoming a mentor for people that want to start a digital marketing agency? So, like, basically, I know myself. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to boast here or anything. I know myself that I, like, grinded, and I'm sure that goes for anyone who started an agency, a dropshipping business, whatever it might be, and they saw, you know, 10K a month or whatever, and they were like, okay, I can do this now. Like, I'd love to teach people. So there's a lot of, like, misconceptions about coaching as well. I know I personally had that. I thought, 
no, nah, this isn't for me. But I know that I've like gone through way too many issues that really shouldn't have happened. And I really should have had just someone there to help me at that stage. Because I know between like probably June and now, I didn't have anyone helping me. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like I would love to have someone help me through that process because I just was doing so many stupid things like pardon my French here but it was a shit show like yeah. I would charge people one cat like between 800 and 1k I would just charge like a performance fee of like a really low number like five percent and I uh, of like the ROAS and I just had no idea what I was doing I didn't really have understand my value if, if that's something that yeah, you, the listeners absolutely. know, yeah. um, for any of those who don't really understand what I mean, I'll just kind of clarify. So like, like if you're working for less than what you'd work as work for at like a KFC or a McDonald's, then it's not worth your time. Okay. Like this is way more hands on than working at McDonald's. So like if it's less than what you would work for at McDonald's, don't take on the client. That's kind of a good example. Yeah. Then I also found that I was just struggling with particularly in e-commerce, like it's a real wall you have to go through to start landing clients from email because that's where most of the the um, clients congregate. They're on email. So yeah, like I know myself that it took me forever to land clients through email, like a month of emails and I got nothing. So I was like, what is going on? Yeah. So yeah, that kind of sparked a bit of interest in me. I thought, you know what, I might give coaching a go and just be fully transparent with it, you know? Yeah. So you're helping people now launch their marketing agency what's the best place to get a hold of you? Is that your Facebook profile at Joseph Zolnay? Uh, yeah, probably would be the best place because uh, right now I'm just launching into kind of a beta program. Cool. Basically, my idea is to take 10 agency owners to 10K per month. Currently, I have uh, three agency owners. Um, they're already getting started in it in the coaching program. It's just like, bare bones, a skeleton ready, like exactly how I would say you need to hit zero to 10K. Everything that I did wrong, I'm teaching you. I'm being fully transparent, giving you my email scripts, everything that I use to get to 10K per month. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what my program is. And, yeah, if anyone's interested in kind of reaching out, just feel free to send me a message on uh, my Facebook profile. Yeah, Absolutely. Guys, if you want to get a hold hold of Joseph and you're interested in learning or taking your marketing agency from zero to 10K per month, get a hold of him on his Facebook profile. That's Joseph Zolnay. So that's J-O-S-E-P-H-Z-L-N-A-Y. And he can help you do it. No worries. Thanks very much for that, Kyle. I appreciate the shout out. No, absolutely, mate. Thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, mate. I'm out of questions. That was really good, mate. You uh, you definitely know your stuff. And um, it sounds like you've come a long way from those days of a trade assistant and you've worked really hard, <laughs> tried some different things, and you, you're doing it, mate. So well done. Pat on the back. Yeah. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on the, the podcast. That was really good, mate. I really appreciate your time. No worries. All good. 
hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Until next time, see you later.